So, welcome for another episode of Radio Life Ray. I've long lost counting of these episodes as I'm uh, producing them uh, while I get the opportunity to speak to people. And today, uh, sitting in front of me is Dennis Jew from the LA office, but we're meeting in Germany. Hi, Dennis. Hello, Olaf. Um, so, off with my introductory question. Who are you and what the hell are you doing here? All right. Well, my name is Dennis Chu, and I work as a software engineer here for LifeRay. Um, I've been here for just about a year now, here as in working for LifeRay. I've been here, here in Germany for uh, just the past week. Kind of show up, showed up unannounced. People didn't really know I was going to be here. I think uh, Juan would have particularly would have liked to know that I would have been here because he presented on Open Social this past Uh, symposium at the Europe Symposium and that was that's uh, the project that I've mainly been working on so yeah uh, but in a, any case I uh, I'm here because I was just visiting the China office for a couple of weeks and you know Germany's on the way home from China back to LA so I figured I'd swing by say hi to the office and meet a number of new customers and partners at the symposium uh, the main project that I've been working on, as I just mentioned, has been the Open Social Project. But over the last few months, I've been working closely with uh, Gail on the Library Sync project. So like, Gail's been working mostly on uh, the engine and the uh, Library Sync server itself. And I've been working on some of the front end and eventing system for uh, Library Sync. Okay, that gives me an opportunity to immediately jump onto Sync. Uh, and especially on uh, the aspect that uh, I discussed with Alex and Sergio uh, during our document library episode, or document and media gallery. Well, I still have to learn that uh, those uh, names, those new names. Um, and that was the operating system dependent part of life racing. Yes. If I recall correctly, Gail actually mentioned all of the relevant operating systems during the West Coast Symposium talk, mm -hmm. and I was really happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. um, and Alex and Sergio didn't. Um, there was one missing that happened to be the operating system that I'm on, and what can you tell me about that? Uh, is there hope for me? Well, you know, Windows Millennium, Windows Me, people stopped using for the most part, so we're... We're thinking about supporting Windows Me, but it's probably not going to happen a lot. If that's the one operating system you're talking about. Okay, let's take the uh, the upgrade to that, uh, which I can download on, for example, Ubuntu.com. Oh, uh, you mean that other operating system? Yes. Ah, yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I'm a kind of a lowly engineer programming uh, the tasks given to him. Happy to work on them, of course. Um, I will tell you this much. I'm gonna, at the very least, you know, try it and see how it works on uh, Linux. I mean, from a, a technical point of view, it's definitely doable. Of course, I mean, there's some uh, variation between each operating system, and so there are things we need to check, and there are places where the code does diverge, even between just Windows and Mac. Um, so ultimately, the decision you know doesn't lie with Gail or myself. Um, it lies with the higher uppers, whom I hope you're going to be interviewing after me, so that they can give you a more straightforward and clear answer. But 
as far as I know, right now it is uh, Windows and Mac. And as with all things, I mean, if the community, um, if there's a need for it within the community and there's a demand, then certainly, you know, we'll put the energy and resources into it. Okay, so this is a call for action to all of those who can generate demand. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe as I'm producing so many of these recordings uh, up front, uh, maybe we have news before this even gets out. Uh, very possibly, very possibly. Feel free to email Gail, and then uh, she's not available. Email Mike, Michael Young, and if he doesn't respond, then yeah, you can email me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or just comment to this uh, to the to the blog post for, ah, yes. for this yes. episode. Um, there, everybody will see it. Yes, and we can point to it and generate demand. Uh, do you know anything about the release? Uh, like, where is it included? Is it CE? Is it EE only? Um, will the source code be available? So. Yeah, well, right now it is going to be released under the EE license. So that much I do know. Um, Where it goes from that, I'm not, again, exactly sure. I think especially for Gail and myself and Michael Young has also been working on uh, the project. And we're really focused on making sure the technical aspects of which it, it, it's a pretty you know, feature-rich and uh, potentially very mission-critical cr application. And so you know, most of our energy has just been diverted to working on the technical side. So in terms, uh, I've heard the questions on branding and uh, whether it's going to be open source and all these things. And um, again, I'm going to have to kind of dodge the, put the dodge this question because I'm not 100% sure. And especially since this is being recorded, I'm afraid to say anything <laughs> too definitive. Um, so yeah, the what I do know is at least for this. Uh, For you know, the first release, it is going to be part of EE. Okay. Um, and what comes to my mind is that we both are speaking about Life Racing. Uh, you have been working on that. I'm uh, in the company information channels and have been at West Coast Symposium. Uh, can you describe SYNC in a few sentences because, uh, well, we know what it is uh, and it just comes to my mind that not everybody listening might know what it means. Sure. I, I mean, I, I uh, look at SYNC and, you know, right now we're just kind of working through in the development process, but it's a really exciting product, um, one that I think every enterprise, um, every business using Library can really benefit from. And essentially, right, we've had a number of ways so far for accessing your documents. Um, you could do it through the portal itself using the document and media gallery library thing, I'm majiggy. <laughs> and then, of course, we have a web app. But the main problem with both of these solutions is for you to have access to the files in any of your, uh, your document repositories, you need to have internet access, or at least access to your portal. And so what Lifeway Sync does is it creates, as the name would imply, a, a synchronization between uh, the repositories that specifically your account has access to on your Lifeway portal, and it syncs those files with, on your local uh, you know, desktop, on your computer. And so the idea is I can upload a file on, to one of my repositories on the portal, and within seconds, 
uh, that will download and sync onto my you know, local uh, folder on my hard disk that I specified. And vice versa, if I make any changes locally, whether it's updating the file or deleting, then those pushes, those changes will be pushed back up to the server so that you always have a sync right, between um, what's on the portal and what you have locally. Um, you, hopefully you guys can already see the, the benefits and the use case uh, for having LifeRay Sync. Uh, it means that across your, well, for one, your various devices, right? You might have your company laptop and your home desktop, uh, your, your mobile device, your iOS or Android device. And if you need access to, you know, whatever document, um, you just, you could save it in one place, right? I could save some a report that I've been working on on my laptop, hit save. Uh, of course, you'll have to wait at least a few seconds. You can see the status of, this, of the sync on the tray icon itself. But wait a few seconds till it syncs. You know, you close your laptop or you leave it at work, go home, and because that's already synced with what you have on the portal, you turn on your desktop computer at home, and again, wait a few seconds until it syncs. It'll download the changes, and you can continue working on that same document uh, from your home. Right? So, I mean, it's these kinds of use cases that will really help streamline and reduce what would normally be a whole series of clicks, right? Normally, uh, I mean, if you went with, through the portal interface, you'd have to click through, download the file, and then open it, you know, make content changes, save it, and then re-upload the file, making it a new version. And so um, it really you know, simplifies that workflow that I'm sure all of us um, use constantly, daily, uh, if we have any sort of document repository. And how is it realized? So it's many different operating systems. So I, I guess that, uh, well, part of that is that there are different languages involved. After all, iOS uh, is typically Objective-C. Uh, Android is typically uh, is it called Java? Java. No, yeah, I think it's Java. Java, mm -hmm. Java or something similar. Yeah. Um, and Windows typically is not Java. Uh, macOS is different. Uh, so on the client side, it's probably whatever fits for the platform. Um, the server communication is that done through the regular LifeRay web services, or have you created some some specific interface for that? Right, so the core of the client application for desktops, so for Windows and Mac, it is written still in Java, including the uh, front end itself, because we're using the SWT libraries. Mm -hmm. And underneath that, we have a, um, basically a Java native interface to the file system. So uh, there are you know, some dis discrepancies or differences in how... Windows Explorer versus OS Access Finder behaves, and so uh, there are a few places even within the code that we need to kind of check and make sure it works for uh, both operating systems. But you know, the heart of all the logic and um, communicating with the servers all done actually again in Java um, on iOS and Android. So iOS, iOS and Android, it's um, not exactly a, the same kind of sync application where, you know, as soon as you turn on your mobile device, it's going to sync with all the documents in your, um, in your repository. Uh, main reason being, you know, you could easily have 
gigabytes of gigabytes of data in your repository that you don't want consuming all the space on your mobile device. And so the way it'll work on the mobile device is you can browse and see all the documents that you have access to, but you will selectively uh, choose which ones you want to have a local copy of so that you could access uh, offline. And uh, I mean, otherwise, it, it really, I think, uh, you know, space is always uh, a premium, at least for now, on mobile devices. And so is uh, uh, bandwidth. Mm -hmm. and, uh, we know that at least, you know, a lot of mobile users have X number of gigabyte limit per month. And so, yeah, right now that those devices will be done uh, with kind of, I guess, a quote-unquote selective syncing. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the server communication is then through the regular web services API yes. that Liferay always had, or something yes. specific? Uh, well, it's using the JSON web service, which is, uh, as of 6.1, a service that you can use to access uh, any public service. And so we are using the, those same services. And there's a, another uh, service that was created specifically for kind of the syncing of... Um, and knowing when files have been updated or changes, if there's mm -hmm. anything to pull down from the server. So new API, but the same interface. Yes, oh. yes, yeah. So it, it, it's uh, it's it's really neat if you think about it that you know it didn't require this whole rewrite. I mean, there were some changes we did have to make on the portal side. Um, some well, maybe more than changes. There were really upgrades and. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't much. It was really minor things, and I'm sure um, Alex and Sergio also already shared about the changes to the document library. The way it's really grown and matured since 6.0, and we really did leverage a lot of those you know, new APIs to make an application like LifeRacing possible. So if you think about what you can do with the existing library portal and make a product like LifeRacing, it really kind of Make, you know, hopefully it gets you wondering, wow, what else can I do? What other sorts of really cool applications can I make with the existing portal framework? So that sounds good. Um, def definitely looking forward to that. To that. Hmm. Even though it might mean that I have to run a virtual machine to get my documents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to look for that. I've learned to live well, with it quite a bit. Make sure to uh, put a comment post on this uh, on this radio session and yeah okay the other part yeah the other part that I don't have to live without um, that you did or that you have been involved with is open social mm -hmm. um, open social as such well you can probably better describe than I can ask about that um, just uh, well go sure. so yeah open social alright so we're switching roles here from uh, life racing it really doesn't have yeah. uh, much Correlation or connection with Life Async. But Open Social is basically a standard API that was really kind of kickstarted by Google back in, I think, 07 or so. But it's a project that's been kind of handed over to the open source community. And the motivation for creating Open Social, basically a set of APIs that you can write and call against um, for any site that's supporting the Open Social standard. The reason for this standard was, uh, you know, if you really look at the development of um, web sites, web applications over the last decade or so, you really see this movement where 
before your interaction on the internet was between you and some static information on some web page, right? It was a very kind of a um, vertical in a sense from you to the website. There wasn't much of a lateral, there wasn't much of a, a connection with people around you or, or a sense of community. But of course, as we see things like blogs and uh, forums and commenting here and there, uh, user reviews, we see that the web is becoming more and more social. So open social's whole motto is the web is better when it's social. And I'm sure all of us can e quickly and easily agree with that because we find that there is much more value in um, you know, applications or websites like you know, Facebook and Twitter have really shown to us that you know, we are social beings, right? So it's really being that, bringing that simply social element of who we are as humans and make, putting that on the web. Now, Open Social basically came in and said, well, there's th this standard or there's a, a number of sorts of calls or a number of sorts of uh, common features that you see uh, when you want to implement social features to a website. And, you know, if you have a hundred websites, each one that wants to create um, some sort of, you know, social features or some sort of uh, platform that you can code against to leverage social data, I mean, you would potentially have a hundred different sets of APIs and a hundred different things, you know, ways of leveraging social data that you'd have to learn. Um, and so Open Social basically said, let's create a open standard that all these websites can use. And so at LifeRay, we are um, implementing and, uh, the, the open social standard so that if you learn just this one API, you can leverage much of the social data as well as, um, and this is kind of a, a second kind of uh, uh, component to the open social project. It also allows you to uh, use gadgets. Um, gadgets are basically a JavaScript slash you know, uh, HTML um, uh, equivalent to what portlets are. So portlets are, of course, built on the Java stack using JSPs or uh, you know whatever technologies that we're already implementing and used to uh, here uh, within library development. And so. What Open Social Gadgets specifically does, it also gives you a way to really quickly and really easily code and create web applications using the, the gadget uh, technology or gadget, I guess, uh, definition. And that's also a part of what was donated over when Open Social was kind of handed from Google to the open source community. Um. And how does that relate to known LifeRay features in version 5.2, version 6, uh, where we had friends and, and relationship with that, uh, yeah, like friends or participation in message boards and so on? Right. So how does that relate to that? Or did you have to extend that? Or did you have to limit that to, to some, some right. common functionality? Is it rather extended or limited or just used as is? Uh, so relatively, compared to... You know the, the vast array of services and the sort of calls that you can make um, against life rate. I mean, Open Social is really looking for the they look for the lowest common denominator, right? Because they want to have the APIs that you can deploy on any any number of websites, and of course, it's extensible and you can create your own features. Um, is and features is what they're called within uh, an Open Social gadget, but. The most uh, basic services 
uh, but uh, it it leverages uh, the life for a your your uh, the the relationships so your your friends network, which is of course already implemented. It's just calling the um, calling the service calls to the existing life for a kind of social networking um, service there, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's calling the friends. It also has access to your um, documents uh, using the standard open social uh, albums and media items call. Um, you can get uh, activity feeds. You can get um, uh, app data, which is just kind of a you know abstracted um, container for storing any sort of data that you want. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, if you look at the Open Social API, there's about five or six services, and so we've implemented most of those. So those are connecting to and grabbing data directly from um, uh, from Lightray. And then beyond that, you know, because these are um, the open social gadgets, you can call you could call some of the REST services to get uh, the data returned to you in JSON, or you can uh, you know also create gadgets and there's uh, you could call it call specific APIs. And from within the gadgets themselves, um, you can of course leverage the JSON web services and um, get data that way, but if you use the JSON web services, that makes the calls specific to LifeRay, right? So if you took that same gadget and try to put it in LinkedIn or iGoogle, then obviously it wouldn't be able to pull in, you know, LinkedIn's um, you know, profile information if, if you're using LifeRay's, you know, a person service to get that data. Mm -hmm. And just to, to put that into the right drawer, these gadgets are client-side, that is, as I speak, JSON, Access Web Services, probably are in JavaScript and positioned on the page, or what kind of server-side component is there, other than the API that actually gives all the data? Uh, is there more, uh, like, where did you work more? Uh, did you do more JavaScript, or did you do more Java, or whom did you work with to, to get the other part? Uh, so, at least in the last year or so, most of the work that we've been doing has been kind of enriching the features, uh, implementing certain features that are defined within the open social spec. Um, so, we didn't add any new specific features um, to feature in the sense of an open social feature. So, if you open up a gadget XML, you'll see required feature equals and here you can define your own custom uh, features, things to access, things at the service there. I mean, especially with the JSON web service, because you have access to so much information already, we didn't really see the uh, yet the the need to go forward with creating specific uh, library features. But uh, the sorts of I guess new um, I'm trying to find another word than features, but new features, not in the open social sense of feature, but in the general sense of the word feature, some of the new things that you'll see in uh, 6.1 is uh, the ability to um, have inter-gadget communication. So gadgets can be publishers or subscribers or both, and you could send uh, events and messages back and forth. And you could also send events and messages to uh, portlets. And so if a gadget is sitting next to a portlet, 
and you want to send information using Ajax from one to the other, uh, we've implemented that sort of message hub. Um, we've also implemented the uh, the OAuth um, the OAuth specification for gadgets. So if you want to access some third-party protected resource, uh, for example, you want to access your Twitter account and your uh, your timeline, or you want to post a status, but you want to do this from your LifeRay doc, uh, your LifeRay instance, then normally a user would have to within their gadget enter their Twitter username and password, right? And that's something that you know users might not feel comfortable because. Maybe they're visiting your library instance, your website for the first time. And so uh, OAuth is a way of basically having a handshake where uh, Twitter sees Liferay, uh, once you register on Twitter, as a known um, consumer of Twitter's resources. And so if you have a Twitter gadget using OAuth, then if you try to uh, open the gadget, the first time you'll be redirected to Twitter's website and Twitter will ask the user, do you want to give access to Liferay um, to see your, your timeline or to make posts on uh, using your account? And then the user can allow or deny, but if they allow it, they get redirected back to Liferay's website and then they'll see, um, they'll, they'll be logged in in the gadget using their Twitter account. Right, so it's a way that for them to avoid having to uh, pass or store their username and password to a, a third-party website. Um, so we have OAuth. Um, we also have. Um, we also wanted to make it easy because one of the big pushes of open social gadgets is that they're quick and easy to develop. We wanted to also include a basically a online or live gadget editor, and so. Uh, from within the portal itself. Uh, it's basically a portlet. You go in and you have an editor. You can start you know, typing and writing in your gadget XML. You can preview it and you can publish it all, within, all from within um, the gadget editor. And that way you don't, if you have an XML file, um, you don't have to um, you know, write it, then upload it to your document library, and then grab that URL and publish it. Um, you can do it all from within the online gadget editor. So basically just not leaving the portal at all, uh, just more or less configuring the gadget in there? Uh, no, you're writing the gadget. Mm -hmm. So you'd be developing the gadget, you'd be uh, creating the actual XML file. A gadget is really just an XML file uh, that follows a, a specific uh, definition and all the, the content of the gadget is pretty much contained within that one file. And so the online gadget editor, it allows you to uh, write that gadget, view, see a live preview of it, and then publish it. Uh, and once you publish it, the gadget becomes av available for everybody on the portal to add as an application, just like you would any other, other portlet. So I hope that, um, yeah, that... that will be somewhat clear. Uh, well, at least there, there will be uh, people who know more about open social than I do. Uh, for those um, who are still a bit puzzled, uh, you did a presentation on open social at the West Coast Symposium. I did. I did want to add 
the East Coast Symposium and the West Coast Symposium. Uh, Hond also did one at the, uh, the European Symposium. I'm not sure if they're recorded or available online, uh, but there is a, uh, a open, uh, what do we call them, Life Ray Live session. Mm -hmm. That was back in, I think, maybe February. Um, and so, I, I, I don't know if back then we had this, the, some of the features that I just talked about this time around, but it'll give you an introduction and an understanding yeah. of open social. So if you just look up Life Rave Live Open Social, if you Google it, you should be able to yeah. find it. And probably the, I don't know if the slides will help um, from the symposium um, as they are typically available. Um, yeah, so my slides probably won't help because actually my demo was mostly live. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but Juan's presentation, if those are available, those might help because he his yeah. presentation covered and showed screenshots. Okay, so for those of you who want visuals to, um, to what we just had here in uh, Gadget and Specification and XML and JSON, uh, yeah, then take a look at either Life Ray Live recording or um, the slides. Um, I'm trying to remember to uh, search for them and link them in the show notes. Um, and yeah, that shall make it a bit easier for those who are, have not yet been in contact with Open Social, other than hearing the buzzword bingo everywhere because every, everybody is uh, kind of jumping on social if they're not right. long on them. Right. On them. Uh, okay, is there anything else that you would have to say about? things close to your heart uh, about your job, your, your uh, duties, uh, or whatever else comes to your mind? Hmm, open-ended question. Huh? What did you have for breakfast? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really open-ended, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've uh, been traveling for the last month or so. I was uh, in the China office in Dalian visiting um, the, our library co-workers there. Spent the last week here in Germany and I'll be heading back to the States sometime next week. And it's been a true privilege to be able to travel and to see how, even though Life we have, I don't know, eight, nine, ten offices, various people working from home all over the world, and it's really neat to see that, you know, even though we're all coming from different backgrounds, different cultures, um, different languages, that we all have this community centered and built around life, right? And even though we haven't all met each other face to face, we know each other's, we, a lot of us, we, we know each other's names. And, you know, I see that for us, that there, people really do care. Um, I see that with, you know, first and foremost within our own internal employees and being able to go to all these various symposiums and especially just uh, the last couple of days being at the Europe Symposium and you know hearing all the all the good reports and yet also hearing the pain points but you know having a certain optimism and you know looking forward to the future of life right I mean it, it's something that um, for me has been just a true joy to be able to witness I, I hit my uh, one year anniversary at life right just that last week and honestly, it, it feels like I've been here for so much longer because it didn't take me long for me to feel at home within this community. And so it's just a privilege to be able to work uh, with and for LifeRay and for you guys, for all the partners and clients and other 
uh, Life Ray employees that are listening in. So uh, thank you guys for just making Life Ray a community where you know, I think all of us can really say we enjoy uh, being a part of this effort to build software that isn't about just you know simply turning profits, but it's really about um, enabling and helping uh, those around us, those within our own companies. And so, yeah, it's truly been a pleasure. Well, then I'd say thank you very much. All right, thank uh, you a lot for your time and um, and the information. All right. Okay, and see you soon, uh, most likely in LA uh, for the annual retreat. Yes, see you in December. <laughs>